Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I'm Michael Zalavaria, and joining me tonight, I have Cookie Monster FL, also known as Austin Zetsman, and Kiwi Chris, uh, Chris Rudell, and I think we've also got in the booth, helping us with some production and some fact-checking, we've also got Ollie Trevorus, and, oh, I got that wrong, Trevorus, I got it right in the end, and Lada, so the gang's all here. Say hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I knew you were going to say At that. At the same time. Three, three, two, one. Hi, everyone. That was only international lag. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so (laughs) nice. We got that out there. Man, I want to go home. Shut up, Chris. So today, I thought it would be a good opportunity to sit down and have a chat about something that is kind of unique to racing. Now, racing, when compared to a lot of other sport, has an added variable in it. You can go in in soccer, in basketball, in baseball, in basically any other team sport, you have a set dimension of the arena you're playing in. You have the, a, a field that is, you know, a certain width by a certain length and your tactics are built around that field. It may change slightly with how big or narrow it is for a particular arena, but in general, you're pretty much approaching the same battleground, the same coliseum in each scenario. Racing is different. Racing has the added variable of the tracks, the tracks that make up the circuits that challenge the drivers, challenge the teams to compete around something that is different in each case. Now, Tracks are part of what makes motorsport really, really cool. And the different types of tracks that we go to and the different specifications, different locations, makes it a really intriguing part of our culture in motorsport. You know, uh, certain tracks work better for certain cars, certain cars uh, do better at certain corners, and, you know, all these sort of variables that come into it. So, guys, let's have a sit down and have a chat about the tracks that we get to watch uh, as part of endurance racing. Uh, so I guess we'll start with the WEC. Uh, at the moment with the WEC, we have a string of grade one circuits and then two grade two circuits, which are Le Mans and Sebring. Does anyone have any particularly strong feelings about any of the tracks that we currently go to in the WEC calendar? Um, <clears throat> so how, how much of this am I going to be playing completely seriously? Considering some people in the room have particularly negative feelings. Well, I mean, we've got, what, how long do we want to talk? We have about like an hour and a half. We can talk about now. We can talk about how bad Sebring is for an hour and a half. All right. Well, here's, here's my theoretical essay on the juxtaposition between Sebring and Le Mans. So everyone sit tight here for next, uh, ooh, 20 minutes and we'll get this lecture started. Uh, no, I didn't mean for I mean, this to talk, talk into a, turn into a defensive Sebring because it's going to oh, be useless God. anyway. Ah, ha, ha, ha. Uh, Lamar, we can always just disqualify anyway in terms of just like a topic of discussion. Well, okay, it's one of the most unique tracks. We like we st- don't even need to get into that. How about we start with Lamar then? Like, why why is Lamar built the way it is? Why is Lamar the the track that is the home of endurance racing? Why do we have to say? Why do we say that everything comes back to Lamar? What about Lamar makes Lamar special? Um, because a lot of things, um, started at Le Mans and, um, for better or for worse, the local authorities were not smart enough to realize, uh, soon enough that what was going on was a terrible idea. 
uh, in terms of infrastructure and management on a yearly basis uh, <laughs> until it grew to a point where you couldn't just shut it down anymore and move it to a track. So uh, to me, it, it harkens back to um, older tracks and what their, you know, almost the still danger aspect of it, what like the, um, you know, it's almost like a heritage uh, thing in many respects where it, it tries to link like tar- uh, events like Targa Florio, Miley, Miley, uh, Miley, 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 excuse me, bro, excuse me. bro, uh, where, hey, where is hey, your hey, Italian hey, heritage? Hey, TT and the TT. Now stop it. This is not, this is not a, this is not a, <laughs> wow, someone's fired towards how I, uh, I pronounce international words. All someone's right, fired excuse up tonight. Me. I am. Well, it's the morning. So I, 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 I do genuinely think it's, it's kind of along those lines. And then obviously with, Looking at it in a unique fashion, it is one of the biggest events to be held on like public uh, public mm. roads, public service roads, essentially. And it's withstood the test of time, especially the massive increases in safety standards that yeah. have been necessary, been needed. So I, I think that is those are unique in itself. Nevertheless, it's twenty four hours. Nevertheless, all the pomp and circumstance. Nevertheless, it's like basically three, almost three and a half weeks of hanging out there at, at various points. Basic and. As well, it's it's prestigious. You only get to race there once a year, and that is for the 24 hours. And you made a really good point there that it harkens back to the time when motoring in itself was novel, where racetracks were the major highways between towns. And a lot of racetracks that exist still today used to be like that. I mean, look at just two of the other... Another one that we were going to... That's on the WEC calendar, Spa-Francorchamps. That was literally the roads between the towns of Spa, the towns of uh, Stavolo, and the towns of uh, Francorchamps. Now, you've slowly, progressively cut that down to be the 7.04-kilometer monster it is today. Did I get that right? I hope I got that right. Yes. Nice. <laughs> Sounds right. <laughs> but yeah, you're right. I mean, that... So, yeah, 004. Me, I mean... Sorry, it was 7.004. I was a significant figure off in the middle there. I mean, I... I think it is the last like great link to the major past. I mean, obviously Monaco um, and, and all that other stuff. But uh, in terms of an actual competition in that regard, um, you know, I, I don't think it gets any 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 more old fashioned in terms of just how uh, things used to be and how that was the norm and how kind of you went about competing back then too. You know, because endurance racing, yeah, it's it's still popular and it's still just a thing. But the 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 hour the the grueling aspect of it, and where you're you're absolutely like breaking down throughout the night. That was the whole point of it, and I think that still is like a raw thing that Lamar really kind of sometimes only delivers itself. So, mm. and yeah, I think you're right. I think almost with the grade one circuits that uh, the rest of the WEC graces, you kind of lose that element of the track itself being a challenge and. Uh, the the event itself being a challenge not because you know these tracks are necessarily easy i mean spa francorchamps is one of the most formidable racetracks in the world as is like silverstone as well silverstone may be less so but it's certainly got that heritage behind it of being a difficult event and a prestigious event and then the the sebring we'll talk about sebring because we 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 have to talk about sebring you know the bumps and how much of a of a rigor that puts through the car uh but le mans in itself really is the track itself is the challenge and there is much less uh, that uh, much less of a challenge at tracks that are i think 
like grade one standard where they're like basically billiard tables and you can just you know if you go off there's no consequence because there's a car park out there as well and i think that's that's <laughs> something that we have talked about in bits and pieces in the past but it's something we're going to harp on harp on about again tarmac runoff is the worst <laughs> poor um, card poor card can get stuff <laughs> i've got a question for you yeah if it wasn't for the 24 hour race at le mans would the track survive on its own? I'm not so sure it would. No, probably not. Probably not. The I would I would agree with you there that the part of the reason that the track has survived is because the event has survived. The event has been a thing. I mean, Cookie led led the show off with that, didn't he? How he said that it got too big to move to somewhere smaller. <laughs> yeah, because the track itself isn't necessarily that interesting. Oh, oh, Ooh. controversial take. <laughs> I mean, yeah i mean they're they're normal roads i mean yeah. like why would it be they're not it, it's kind of like that it, it's it's the whole kind of in my head it's like when you were a kid or even now when if you're still a kid uh, <laughs> we're uh, all just heart. little kids and stuff inside right right but you're like hey i remember that road to get to school church uh the grocery store whatever uh the and next town i Right, and how fast would it take if you went, like, if you took everything, not flat out, but, like, as fast as you could, and that's kind of what Lamar is, it's just, like, it's kind of like that, all right, you go, we're going to start from this town, you go to the other town, we're going to take these two roads, then come back, that's it, and that's what, that's the early renditions of the track were even more boring, Chris, and they only went, like, 45 miles an hour around there, so it's, like, you're, uh, yeah, you're sitting there just looking at your uh, fancy 1920s watch for a bit. Pounds, <laughs> but e- even rain, these so. days, if the cars went to find the laws of phys- physics into the Porsche curves, it'd literally just be a, a car just trundling around to 120. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and that would be exciting. Just single no, file. It's, it's not. But the, the, the event itself has become more than just the track. You know, it part of part of the thing is you only get to race there once a year. Part of it is, you know, there's stories around the event, and it's still it's still a challenging track. You still have to make decisions about how you drive the track to get around it. But I still think, as well, there are some very much iconic corners on that track that are a challenge in themselves. Like no one shirks at Indianapolis, like Indianage, like that complex is mega on any. In, in, in any car you can put that into any racetrack in the world and that would raise eyebrows oh no doubt mm. but yeah that's it's i think it's i think it's fair to say that maybe if it wasn't for the 24 hour that the le mans circuit would have disappeared alongside the likes of the targa florio and the millimiglia and the carrera panamericana like you know those those old school like world sports car events don't exist anymore because the tracks were too dangerous and the groups, the local groups around them didn't do enough to maybe convert them into something that was more sustainable. Yeah. Although, yeah. But I think, um, and the last thing really is the part just that it, it was in like the sweet spot. It was in mm. the, the, uh, you know, what we, you know, in the solar system, the, where earth is that kind of thing, the habitable <laughs> zone of hey we can take this crazy thing like hey let's do a endurance race over 24 hours on public roads um where it's only like seven you know around seven miles i think it is something like that um and yeah instead of where the target floor is like 40 some odd miles or something like that like half of sicily and it's like if you even half that and they did they they um it was huge like 78 and then went you know down to like 40 something and it was still really nice 
Um, but I think if you went any smaller, like the whole point of the target four was that you like, you were racing through just like everybody, like the entire country knew that you were coming, but <laughs> it was, it was not anything that, that was like safety rated at all. Like there was just, there was no ability to do any of that. And even mm. practice and qualifying was done when like public was had access to the roads. So you were like at peril of potentially running into a civilian when you're going out just trying to get practice laps and understand the course. That's like I mean I that's so raw. I love it, yeah, but like it, there's no way. There's you no could do way. That, nah. It's like it's like that famous video of Mike Hawthorne taking uh taking a camera on board in like 1956. <laughs> he's just doing it when the public's on the road. He's just like this stupid cyclist ahead of me. He needs to get off the road. It's just like that's crazy. <laughs> Chris, did you have something that you wanted to add before I I pose something to the group? No, go ahead and post your inflammatory quick yeah. to the group. So, so I, I feel like the there's kind of three types of racetracks nowadays. There's kind of the 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 Le Mans style, the uh, Spa Francorchamps style, even where it used to be a bigger, longer, crazier circuit back in the day, and they've slowly cut it down or improved it or put safety into it to make it into a modern circuit. So I think it's not just Spa Francorchamps that's been like that as well. Um, uh, I think Assen's like that. Uh, the Hockenheim Ring is like that. Uh, uh, the uh, Austrian track. Yes, yes. Um, Spielberg. You know, those those tracks that were once, you know, mega marvels of crazy that have just been slowly cut down to something more manageable. Then there's the um, built out of nothing, you know, modern motorsport facility type of track, which we'll talk about, which is like all the Tilkadromes and everything like that. And then even to, even to some of the smaller tracks, like, uh, more local sort of stuff like you'd say uh for example in australia winton malala ipswich and then i don't know what what you'd call those in america like barber motorsport park in virginia yeah yeah virginia definitely um and then there's the third type which is old airfields that got converted into racetracks mostly in like england and (laughs) and in parts of america as well and then of course there's like ovals and street circuits but that's that's too complicated (laughs) So, which one of these uh, do we want to broach first? I feel like the airfields one is a very interesting one because there's a lot of racetracks that are based around airfields, which is really interesting, uh, a, a really interesting repurpose of, you know, a lot of surplus World War Two, yeah, infrastructure. Which is, per- when you think of it, it's perfect for a racetrack, isn't it? Oh, we've got three miles of runway here we're no longer using for World War Two fighter planes. Oh, let's put a track on it. Yeah, let's 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 add some corners to it. Let's develop it into something a bit more interesting, and then let's put cars around it. And I mean, yeah, Silverstone is a prime example of this. I mean, it's like two or three separate uh, runways that have all been. I think it was originally the boundary road that was used as a Grand Prix circuit, or as Ollie says as well, uh, the service roads at Goodwood uh, to to sort of add. Um, you know, a difference in the the width of the circuit as well. I think Snedderton's also like that, where it's uh, a formal runway alongside uh, some service roads. And then, of course, there's Sebring, which, again, it was an old, if I'm not mistaken, uh, runway that got converted into a uh, racetrack. Now, the thing, the defining thing for me about most of these racetracks that are built like that is, God damn it, they're flat. They're flatter than an absolute pancake, aren't they? Well, that's just nature of an airport. You don't have planes taking off in a slope. 
Yeah, I know. I, I, I understand that. But to me, I like a racetrack. One of the defining things that I really like about racetracks is elevation change. I think that's really, that draws me into a racetrack. If you use the flatness <laughs> correctly, then it's great. So like the old Silverstone layout that did that brilliantly. You know, had enough interesting corners making, you know, the flatness wasn't a huge issue. Yeah. Um, but there's others that I can think of where it's like a pancake. There's nothing interesting about it. Winton. Ipswich. I'll get back to you on Winton. But, <laughs> but for me, Airfield Circus as a whole don't have the same intrigue as, say, a purposely built track or a... um. Even Cut just like a, a classic track, yeah. Like hmm. a, something, a classic track would be like something like, I don't know, Brands Hatch or Donington that's kind of built into the landscape rather than building the landscape into the track. Um, but I kind of just, okay, I, I feel like we've danced around the point enough. I, I I hate Sebring. I know that Kiwi, you have strong feelings about Sebring. Do you? Or is that someone else that I'm misremembering? No, I, I have strong feelings about it. Is that... The bumps make the racetrack. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I like. I don't mind bumps on a racetrack, but when it's the only thing going for the racetrack, I'm not so sure. Yeah, I I kind of agree. If you get to the point where a resurface or even just putting down a new surface, which would be the first new surface Sebring has ever really had, would be an would be a detriment to the racing product or at least the track product. Then I think I think something's gone a bit wrong there. <laughs> But I know, I know. Okay, Cookie, let's 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 do this. Let's hear your five point rebuttal about why Sebring is great. Go on. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like it's 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 so um, old now. <laughs> so even if you didn't like it, like it's too old for you to, to do anything about it, you bastards. So. <laughs> yeah, I mean they're valid points. I mean. <clears throat> If you prefer elevation change, then yeah, this this track is going to uh, scar you for life. Um, if you like things that mesh well and you like high braking zones into like you know uh, like multiple passing opportunities within a single sector, you're probably not going to enjoy this track. Uh, like, uh, let's see, if you don't like the way that corners are set up or the walls that are set up around corners that make it seem really dumb or stupid and make uh, cars have to take awkward lunges and dives at other people then yeah you're not you're probably yeah. going to not like this track so i'm just like there there are absolutely negatives to the track however there's uh you know uh, like obviously the character of it is one thing and the concrete the and which again harkens back to why it's been like this why it was used why it's been in this condition like you know a lot of other stuff it and which is why it's made it so far. I think. I think if it got repaved, it probably wouldn't be here. Just like uh, Le Mans. Yeah. Um, I think that's fair. So yeah, but um, and by the no, way, just I, just to just to quickly make a point, this isn't saying anything about the events that run at Sebring. This isn't saying anything about the Sebring Twelve Hours or the Super Sebring or whatever, whatever. This is just about the track. <laughs> right, but. To, to, to not try to like sound all snobby, but it's just the, the laser scan aspect of it when you're racing on it, uh, especially when you're doing sim racing, you have equipment enough to kind of translate a lot of the bumps and a lot of just the aspect of how you approach corners. Um, it's, it's a, it's a nasty track. It's just nasty. Yeah. Uh, and when you can not necessarily nail the track, but where you're, where you kind of get into a groove and kind of cooperate and the track cooperates back with you, um, especially on like turn 17, even turn one, 
um, even like coming into the breaking point when you transition from all those bumpiness to turn two, where it's just now like a purpose built track almost like all of that stuff is hard. It's tough. And at the same time too, like all of the corners, all the exits to all these corners are sucky. There's really no run. Like you, there's, there's no spa. There's nothing where you can just run up on the corner, maybe turn 16, but then it's, you know, you can run up on the corner, but if you've completely missed your apex, you're going to fly off into the grass anyway. Yeah. And turn 17 runoff is a wall. Yeah. Everything is, it will punish you. Everything sucks. You have to be measured. You have to be precise, but you, you know, and then it comes with the competition and beating the other guy who's doing the same thing. So it's, to me, it's just a dirty, gritty, like, like, almost like a Brit, like to an American, it's like a Bristol, like before they repaved the whole thing. And it was just like, you're just trying to get through it and beat the other guy almost out of the way if you can, because all you guys are doing is just trying not to die. That's basically it. <laughs> See, uh, this you don't is, do the same thing with Monaco. Yeah, like I, I think that's fair enough. And I've heard uh, uh, anecdotally, people would say that the Sebring Twelve Hours is like the hardest endurance event because of just how brutal the bumps are. But I've done a fair, fair amount of laps in around Sebring. Maybe not in like full fledged sims, but uh, in shit like Forza. So you know, nothing impressive. But the thing that always strikes me about Sebring is that no matter how many laps I do around it. It never feels satisfying. There's just no satisfying part of the track. Mm-hmm. Like it's. I'll, I'll admit, I raced last week around the club version of Sebring, and I think I enjoyed that more than racing around the full version. Oh, okay. <laughs> Yikes! Yeah, it's just it, it's it's almost like it's got no redeeming corners. Like, cause you think even even some of the tracks that are like, you know, uh, what what what's the expression like? Uh, super bland like modern bland tracks there's just some corners that are really interesting that makes you feel uh really cool to take into nail sebring no matter how like no matter how many laps i do around a, a track that track and nail corners it just it doesn't feel satisfying i sometimes get the the same thing with bathurst oh 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 whoa whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> yeah that's them's fighting words but the thing is, I've I've logged significantly less laps at Bathurst yeah. and not just been ingrained in Bathurst my fucking whole life. So to me, like, um, I can get through it, but, like, the downhill run is annoying as shit. I, I don't, like, it's so fucking annoying. I'm sorry. <laughs> like, every aspect of that, of every corner going downhill is dumb, and it's designed to fuck you up if you ever make any single, like, like, misjudgment and if you don't fully understand every little apex and where you're supposed to be to line yourself up before a corner entry like it is annoying how precise you have to be for so long down on that downhill run that i sometimes do not like doing it because of that so i mean you know and i but hey like i know bathurst is a great track so it's just my ignorance of just how to run there cleanly and smoothly and have and have a frustration free lap which um, I totally get for Sebring because like you just saying that right now, I am like thinking about it and like, I'm not going to say that I don't enjoy driving there or I don't enjoy logging laps, but like um, for me, I found a huge comfort recently, just like in terms of me being able to pace there, just normally, yeah, normally, normally just running enough. laps, running laps. Like it's, it is satisfying because of how difficult, like I'm, cause I'm thinking about it, like turn 17 is hard turn 16 that 15 13 14 complexes you are on the edge on that curve have to kick out and come back 
Yeah. That's hard. Yeah. 13, 10 is hard. Like all of these are hard. And if you just get by them and send a decent lap consistently, that is where it's at. And honestly, for me, that's, that's what I like. Yeah. Like, see, I can agree with that. I can agree that the satisfaction of doing good laps and being able to get good laps in is great. But in comparison to say Bathurst, when you nail the top section at Bathurst, you feel like you have the biggest testicles on the planet. Yeah, I've done that exactly once in my career, and that was with you on that test day we had in that Mercedes. Yeah. Yeah. I've done it once, and I'm like, holy crap, that was amazing. Yeah, and so <laughs> I don't get that at Sebring. I, there's no re- no redeeming qualities at Sebring for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. One of the, the only American track I think I get that with is Road Atlanta. I would say Road Atlanta as well, and also VIR. VIR, nailing that uphill S's section. VIR, I think, is just an all-round good circuit. It's just all, yeah, the, I, all the sections of VIR is very good, yeah. Um, that, that twisty bit heading to Big Oak is, is amazing. Mm, oh. Yeah, oh. and then and then coming back down the, the secondary, or the hotel, really, and... Uh, Off camera, too. Mm, yeah, and then doing the, the roller coaster, like breaking mm. over the top of the hill and then dropping down. Oh, that's really cool. See, that's what I love about racetracks that are built into the environment, is that you... you get these great combinations of corners, these compound corners, because the elevation does very, very interesting things. Because I, I get that this is the same as Bathurst as well. On a on a 2D map, it doesn't really look that much. Like, you know, it's a bit of a squiggly bit, and, you know, it's it's like a, you know, left-right loop that brings you down left. But you add the elevation to it, you know, you're breaking just for for the roller coaster at VIR going back from the hotel back towards the start finish line you're braking just as you get over the crest so the front's really light so you got to get the the nose over the front of the car so that way you can dive back in to the left and then it drops away so you're losing all that aerodynamic efficiency and that's that to me is the cool stuff that makes a great racetrack and on the on the inverse going back uphill through the uphill s's where you get those moments where the car digs in and then gets light and then digs in and gets light that's like that looks cool, feels cool. It that's the sort of stuff that really tests the the metal of of the driver, and that's the sort of stuff I love in racetracks. Yeah, yeah. I. But uh, <laughs> in, in a way, in a way though, like it's not like to me, like it's not. That's not. I'm not gonna say apex or whatever, but it's it's not like the 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 best track for everything like you're okay. talking amenities uh spectators, oh yeah views, like that's ability to house spectators uh, like, blah, blah, blah. those kind of tracks like li- like lime rock vir are fantastic tracks but they can't do the same things that sebring does and what yeah. i think for me why another x the x just sebring has x factor because of its age and because it like it is the ability to hold and house like a almost nascar infield fan base essentially for four days and like yeah fine the track is not a look but the whole point is that you're seeing an entirely jammed infield and a crowd for 12 straight hours in the heat of this awful looking track on a on an airport like it should not yeah, be there it I can, shouldn't make any sense but it's there and you're enjoying the absolute piss out of it because yeah, it shouldn't be there i can i can definitely understand that and uh i can totally understand that the culture of an event can raise the event to something that's bigger than just the track or the cars or the race. And that's something that I totally agree with as Bathurst as well. Like the Bathurst or the Bathurst 1000, you're, it's not meant to be a racetrack. You know, Bathurst was the Mount Panorama scenic drive, but it got turned into a racetrack and it has then now become something that can support 
250,000 people over the course of a four-day weekend with the full paddock, etc., etc., etc. So it's almost as if, like, building these racetracks unintentionally is the best thing for racing. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. That's that's something we're probably going to get to later. I don't think there's that many purpose-built racetracks that are actually good. Well, I think the the thing about purpose-built racetracks nowadays is that they all seem to be cut from the same cloth. They're all, at least the, the big ones that you see internationally, you know, the, the, the Formula One tracks, the Tilkadromes, you know, uh, like Sepang, Shanghai, uh, the Bud International Circuit, uh, Korea Circuit, um, you know. Abu Dhabi. Abu Dhabi, yeah. They all seem to have the same features just arranged in a different format. So it always seems to be like a medium speed first or a well, medium speed sector with like high load, high downforce corners, and then a section with a lot of straight line just to really just get straight line and straight on the line and straight lines. And then a section with really tight off camber shoot, you know, tight corners. And it just seems to be like you just arrange these three sectors in different formats and that's your modern f1 circuit which is kind of lame and cookie cutter and i can't think of i can think of two modern f1 circuits in the last 20 years that i've actually really liked and really enjoyed and really uh can like say that i would very happily watch any sort of racing there forever i know one of them which one uh malaysia Yep, that's one of them. And then oh, that's what go- I was going to say. Oh, really? Yeah. How yeah. You- okay, well then, what's the other one? I was talking about it literally earlier tonight. Istanbul Park. Yes, Istanbul. I oh, miss Istanbul, Istanbul Park. Yes, yes. Uh, yeah, dude. How many tilt tracks have been made that are not on the on the on the schedule anymore? Does anybody know? Well, we've got India. We've got Korea. Turkey. Yeah, India, Korea. Sepang. Turkey. Sepang's also not Sepang's on the schedule Sepang's anymore. Yeah. Yeah. So that's like so, five or six. So, didn't he also have a hand in the redesign of... No, he didn't have a re- hand in the redesign right. of Fuji. Oh, man. So, <laughs> like, there's... I would say he still has just... a ton of tracks that are still in circuit, but, like, the two of the, like, best-rated tracks that he's ever made are <laughs> I know. Like, are you and, me, and you know what's even worse? Like, Istanbul Park, I would... I would watch MX5s racing at Istanbul Park. I would watch go-karts racing at Istanbul Park. Yeah. That's, that's, it's a, it's a, it like, and I'm sure there's a bit of nostalgia playing in it too. But no, like, no, no, no. Do you, do you know what it is? It's got so many good corners. Yeah. But do you know what it's used for now? Uh, to house, uh, it's like for automobile sales. It's yeah. Like, uh, it's it's talk, right? a car park. It is literally a car park. They don't use it for racing anymore. It Racing doesn't exist at Istanbul Park. It is a place to put cars that you need to sell. <laughs> <sighs> Oh, it's so uh, bad. Sadness. Yeah. Sadness. What was that, Lada? So disrespect. Such disrespect. It's so bad, and it's got so many cool quarters. I was actually just running laps of it earlier today because the GT3 series I commentate on for Automobilist Australia, if you want to watch, uh, catch me do some GT3 commentary, they're actually running Istanbul Park next week. So I was cutting laps on it today, and it's just like, man, this track is so cool. Like, the the elevation change from the bottom of Turn 5 to the very top of Turn 7, the, the run out of turn eight that like six apex corner turn eight like man that is such a cool corner and like it's even got some references to other racetracks as well like, i'm pretty sure turn one is a ref like a directly lifted out of sao paulo just the way that you you just 
get to the turning point as the the hill drops away from you like that's that's straight out of interlagos oh yeah like mm. the elevation was was done perfectly and then obviously the uh uh <laughs> what what do you call that the uh the, like insane about there was some uh para, it was like a parabolica um uh, play on words for Istanbul's like uh, four left-handers like, yeah oh i can't remember at the time but like that that corner obviously is is so so cool like yeah i mean especially with the, old, with the older f1 cars too oh yeah because like it rises your diabolica thank you thank you lada diabolica. Uh, the diabolica yeah because it because it just rises and then drops away and then comes back up so right in like that third apex the track's just trying to run away from you and oh it's just man that's that was a circuit that was gone too soon yep that, i agree with if you nail that that course uh a lap on there like dude you feel it <laughs> oh yeah i've just i've just noticed something yeah uh so, so we talked about sepang being one of his one of the good ones that was the second track he had the contract to do uh in istanbul park was that was in 99 istanbul park 2005 ever since then every circuit he's had his hand in has been rubbish <laughs> absolute rubbish wow that's korea that's... was bad oh korea yes marina is shocking korea is bad moscow raceway okay but so she's horrible yeah so she's terrible buddha bud i think Buddha's... i actually don't think buddha is actually that bad it is the racing there was not good and i don't think that's because of the track i think that's because the series at those points were pretty one-sided but i don't think buddha was that bad i it's just it just had no real like character it just kind of was well okay so, so we're kind of free free flowing sort of right now you know what reminds me of a tilt track and i don't think it is <laughs> i wouldn't be surprised if it was uh hungover ring oh really uh, yeah i don't really like that track at all it, it has awkward corners fair enough like like every corner is awkward like probably from the second sector all the way through the end of the course it's a dumb track <laughs> it should be it should be completely torn up and redesigned because it's a dumb track what it should be it. yeah but it's dumb like okay the, okay if i yeah all right what do you not hate about it or it's, a, it's what do you like about it see this is, this is the thing i don't hate tracks that are necessarily considered dumb by people it's a different sort of challenge for a driver. Yeah. You can have tracks that flow. You can have tracks that require a bit more of, um, you know, stop-startness. It's the same, similar to why I don't hate Winton. Oh, okay. We're going to do this, are we? Yes, we are. <laughs> Winton is not a terrible track. It's an awful track. You're it's right. Tell, track. tell the audience that's okay. not from uh, the region. Okay, what so Winton, Winton Motorsport Park is in like country Victoria, so it's about four hours away from Melbourne, and it is the most uninspired racetrack in Australia, including Ipswich. There is what? No, there is no redeeming factors about Winton. Every single corner on this track breaks the flow of the track. The only cool corner is turn five, which is a middle speed sweeping corner that slings you into a uh, kinked 
right-hander into a hairpin. That is the only redeeming feature on this track. Every single corner on this track breaks the flow. <laughs> there is no redeeming features. I don't care how parochial Victorian you want to be today, Kiwi, even though you're not friggin' Victorian because you're from New Zealand, there is <laughs> no redeeming corners on that track. It, it looks you, terrible. It's not good. It's <laughs> it's flat. Awful. It's stop start. It's all second and third gear. It's uh it would make it would yeah. The few pictures so I'm finding bad. of V8 supercars racing on it are all single file going. It is. There's the there's there's no there's no part it's just so bad. It's so bad. Is, is that anyway, sorry, we, we were derailing whatever you're talking about yeah just <laughs> yeah. Uh, ollie with a great ch- uh quote in chat it looks like it was made in comic sans <laughs> but seriously but that run to turn one is pretty nutty uh cookie you you can see you can see the picture of the track which corner is turn one is it that kink right in the middle of what I would assume to be the front stretch? Yeah, it's the left-right chicane. That's turn one. Oh, that is that is the perfect response. <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> You're in the corner. <laughs> oh. oh man, yeah, I don't know. Like that's but that's what I'm talking about the hunger ring. Like it's uh the, the second sector kind of reminds me of that. Yeah, like yeah, okay, I'll, I'll... Stuff. like it's it's not it's like sure it is challenging in a unique way. But if you are really slow and terrible, and it's not, and you are challenged by the track, and somebody behind you is not challenged by the track and is faster than you, and they can't get by around you because the track won't allow them to get around you, then I say it's a bad track. So I yeah. think. That also looks like a bad track. It has led to good racing, though. When? When? I mean, Hungara Ring, yeah, that's fair. The only cool corner on the Hungara Ring is, like, turn four, which is, like, that uphill, pardon me, left-hand king. This is the left-hand sweeper downhill turn two, I think. That's also pretty... That's pretty nice. Yeah, we've had some good overtakes, but that's also required some balls and some really fast and high downforce race cars. Yeah. So, never mind. Anyway. Yeah. When has Winton produced good racing, Chris? When the when they botched the surface resurfacing and they and the tires lasted seven laps. See this when, when I when a resurface would actively detract from the racing run. <laughs> made the racing better. It's because they just yeah they just broke it. It was like it was almost as bad as Silverstone uh, when they redid Silverstone, except it wasn't bumpy. It was just like tearing tires apart. Hey, Cookie, you think it's you think it's bad now? Up until 1980, that bet on the right hand side wasn't there. <laughs> Such a bad circuit. Uh, it was QR though. At least it's Queensland. Yeah. Okay. Ipswich. The paperclip is also just pretty bland. Uh, I will say that much. Um, well, and John Edwards. Yeah. Also very dangerous. So yeah, good yeah. call on that one. Not a not a good circuit. Yeah. It's one of those tracks where the bumps are the thing. Yeah, I would I would agree as well. Um I think that double combination of sweepers to start the lap is pretty cool, but other than that it's not really all that intriguing. It's better than Winton though. Um but that's not saying much. Yeah, uh, here's, here's another track that I that, that I don't think is very good at, and this may shock some of you guys. <gasps> Highlands Motorsport Park. Ooh, that's interesting coming from you. It's a good what design. Is Highland- Sports Park. 
This is one of the. This is one of Tony Quinn's babies. Built what twenty eleven? I'm going to say. Oh, I was going to say that's this is where they had like some ring in races, the Australian GT, like the Highlands One Hundred One and stuff like that. Oof. Yep. Nah, Hampton Downs is way better. Hampton Downs is far far better, especially now they've redone it. Yeah. Hampton Hampton Downs is apart from the fact that it's in the middle of nowhere, it's got corners for the sake of having corners. It's just not. Good. Oh, no, it, it it looks like someone put a scribble or turned a scribble into a racetrack. That's what Hampton down uh Highlands, sorry, that's what Highlands looks like. And you can make a cup I mean, you can make a couple of changes and make it so much better. Or they like, could have just like or they could have like or it also looks like from certain angles, like they missed like they had planted a bunch of trees and then they missed where they were gonna stamp the track. Yeah. Like by like a good like a kilometer and they should have just moved it into the trees and that would have probably brought a whole hey, lot more character. Hey Cookie, based on that image uh, that we've just uh, been sent like three or four up, which direction do you think the track goes in? So like, so, no, so no. from the start line, which direction yeah. do you think that track goes in, left or right? Uh, naturally, it would go um, well, you'd want it to go right. Okay, yeah, that that is correct. It does go right, so it goes uh, uh like a f- sweeping corner into oh, that oh. weird like bus stop chicane, and then what looks like a freaking roval. <laughs> yeah, turn oh, six. Would... Could, if it wasn't for that bus stop chicane, turn six would be so much fun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, so that's what I was looking at, but I didn't think you guys said the bus stop. <laughs> it's a bus stop. Yeah, yeah that's, that's literally what it I is. Would, uh... Yeah, so then what's the point of that right-hand sweeper? Yeah, it's, yeah. it's kind of useless. And then you got the sword slower chicane to ensure that cars can get over the bridge safely because they stuffed the design of that up. Oh. <laughs> it's not great, not great. Hampton Downs is way better. Um, yep. Yeah. And Hampton Downs, hopefully the Vets are going to this year. Yeah, fingers crossed. That'll be really, really cool. Yeah. <laughs> Lada's just posted in chat, the, the Hampton Downs bus stop looks like the Ballsack bus stop. Because literally, if you turn it on its side, the whole thing does look like a mangled dick. <laughs> Hashtag me too. <laughs> but, um, um, um. Brilliant. <laughs> oh, what are we? Okay. Um... <laughs> Let's let's try and turn this back around to something that uh, resembles a podcast about racetracks. Unpopular opinion, perhaps. I'm not really that big a fan of Spa-Francorchamps, either. Yeah. Out. Can you elaborate? <laughs> okay, so uh, while I think Spa-Francorchamps is a classic circuit definitely and the world of f1 and the world of motorsport in general just would not be the same without spa franco champs existing i think it is a victim of oversaturation like okay you can there's so many races that happen at spa all the time you talk all the time about eau rouge about the con about puan about stavlo about blanchard blah 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 there's all these great corners but the, the thing is it's because everyone has raced on Spa, it kind of loses a bit of its allure. It's not like, say, Le Mans, where you only get one chance a year to race on it, or Bathurst, where you get four races. There's four events a year at Bathurst. It, it kind of, because you can go there, well, sorry, because so many series and so many uh, events go there, it kind of loses that special factor. And on top of that as well, it's a collection of great corners with 
so much space between them. And I guess that in on one hand that does create good opportunities to pass. And that's why some of the racing there that we've seen in the past has been so amazing and dynamic and, uh, you know, classic racing. But on the other hand, there's not really, you know, that much of a challenge. Like once you, if you get Eau Rouge, you, you can breathe and calm down before you get to Lacombe. And once you get out of Lacombe and get into, uh, the uh the section past no name it's like you can breathe and reset yourself for pawn and then you can breathe and reset yourself for the section into stavlo and then once you get out of stavlo you can breathe and reset yourself it's not that constant bombardment of having to set yourself for three or four corners in advance that say you know bathurst or vir or um some of the other tracks have but you can sort of say the same about bathurst okay yes it's a long section over the top but then you have 35 seconds of breathe before the chase you got a minute to breathe before you go up again. No, yeah, I, I guess that's fair. Um, and certainly it's different between Spa and Bathurst because uh, because of the way that they've been built and the way that they've evolved over the years. Um, but you know, from at Bathurst, you're going uh, like from the cutting. I'd even argue out of Griffins. You're going out of Griffins Bend to uh, the elbow, which is a solid, you know half a lap so you call that a minute of just constantly flying by the seat of your pants and then that's when you get the break whereas you know at spa it's like okay this one corner okay i got a 15 second break this section of corners okay i got a 15 second break it's just kind of you know uh to me for someone who loves compound corners and loves uh you know double apexes triple apexes or open cambers off cambers just spa is kind of a bit flat well, not not in elevation. It's just <laughs> not in elevation. But see, for me, and this is different strokes for different folks. Obviously, every, everyone's mileage may vary in what they like or don't like. But for me, Spa is the almost the perfect racetrack. Okay, the perfect racetrack. Yep, I wrote down. I was going to shoot him on this somehow, but for me, tracks have three aspects that I find really interesting. One, elevation. Yep. Spa has a lot of that. Yep. Great, interesting corners. Spa so has a lot of that, yeah. Spa has maybe one corner which isn't that. I'm interested. I'm, I'm interested to, to hear which corner isn't that for you on Spa. Everyone do the bus stop. Okay, yeah, fair enough. <laughs> the modern bus stop is not great. Yeah. yeah. And the third point, risk v reward. Not necessarily in terms of having a wall next to your racing line, but making pace by going at insane speeds for a section of track. Yeah, making space by growing testicles. Yeah. You can, you can go at 95% through Eau Rouge, but the guy behind you is going to be doing 100. Mm, and you're and then, not doing 101.5 and going backwards into the tire wall. Yeah, and then you've got the camel straight immediately afterwards mm. that punishes you if you don't go through the... Exactly. Yeah, that's that's fair. I I would argue it's more, the, more of a perfect racetrack than Bathurst. I, would, I wouldn't argue that Bathurst is the perfect racetrack. It's certainly a very interesting racetrack and a very difficult racetrack. I wouldn't call it perfect. I don't think off the top of my head there is such a thing that is perfect for all cars in all applications. Well, that's the thing as well. If you, if, I mean, you can have a... Like Monaco, it's not really i mean it's a good race trip but not for formula one these days no it's basically a pr- procession races one on saturday so yeah. it, it, it all comes down to what's racing there as well so but to me spa is pretty close to the perfect racetrack okay well is Spa your favorite racetrack then no because bathurst <laughs> see then what's the whole point of being perfect 
Uh, ask my girlfriend, Dom, perfect. Way. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I like Spark. Okay. Yeah, I, I mean, it's a good track. I like her. I just think it's possibly overrated. I probably don't like it as much as other people do. I well, it's over. It's overrated because like one of the biggest races that's there is the Formula One race, and to them, it is like a crazy different track. It's like a Monza, but it requires high downforce in a bunch of different spots. Yeah, like that's so the thing for them. Like it is a huge deal on the calendar because it's so it's such a different departure from what other tracks they mm. go to now. I mean, mm. it wasn't before when they went to like Zolder and when they went to like Zandvoort and when they went to all these other crazy tracks too, where you're like, all right, well. You know, it's, you know, there's a difference, sort of, but, you know, it's all along the same lines of those, those kind of tracks, but there's, we don't race at these kind of tracks no. anymore. So, yeah, well, it's, I think that's where you get a lot of the hype from. Yeah, Spire well, is kind of like a relic of a bygone era in racing. Well, here's a thought, Dick Of the 21 rounds that Formula One went to last year, how many of those racetracks would you actually look at and go, oh, yeah, that's a good racetrack? Oh, I didn't even know what racetracks were on the Formula One calendar last year. Um, so Melbourne, no. Bahrain, uh, yes. Yeah. Shanghai, maybe. Baku, no. Catalonia, no. no. Monaco, Monaco, yes. yes. Yeah. Montreal, yes. Paul Ricard, hell no. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, Red Bull, Sh- uh, yes. Singapore, yes. So yeah. maybe six or seven. Monza Spa. Um, Monza, I think, gets a pass. Well, it gets a pass because it's so different. I don't necessarily think it's a it's a great track because it's not. It doesn't really have those things that make it a great track in a modern context. It's got seven corners, but the thing is, it's just so different. You are hundred percent throttle for so much of the lap that it's it's a different challenge. Um, yep. Yeah, I don't know. I like it. I, I'd that's why say I don't like Hockenheim because it got rid of the uniqueness to Hockenheim. Yeah, that's but, true. But Hockenheim isn't still isn't a bad tr- bad track even now. They they did a uh, they did a good job in redesigning it to something that could hold a little bit of the past interest without completely disregarding it. I actually think a, a few maybe unsung heroes of the F1 calendar. Bahrain we've talked about. I think Bahrain gets a really bad rap in terms of in terms of its position in like the world's motorsport eye because it doesn't really get that many fans and it's in a like weird not a weird country but just a country that doesn't really you know resonate rights issues yeah all that sort of stuff but i think the track's actually really really good i think for multi-class and for f1 it just produces good racing consistently but i think some unsung heroes on that list uh spielberg which we've briefly mentioned before as a uh a old classic circuit that's been remade into something that suits the modern world a bit better. And one of LK's first ones. Yeah, exactly right. Um, and also circuit Jules Villeneuve at Montreal. That is a great cir- circuit from top to bottom. Which Jules doesn't look like much on paper. Yeah, again, it's one of those things where like the subtle elevation does a lot to really change the dynamic and the character of the circuit. And I think the different combinations of the chicanes like because the track is basically like five chicanes and two hairpins yeah but those hairpins have character yeah the last chicane definitely has character yeah it's kind of like a a f1 street circuit well i mean it, it is a street circuit but it has the the i guess the the facilities of a of a normal circuit not a normal circuit facilities of a a a 
proper circuit. I, yeah. I mean, it's a street circuit that doesn't see any cars, doesn't it? It's part. It's actually parkland. I think so. Um, I think it's much yeah. like um, much like uh, Albert Park in that respect. Except Albert Park sees cars. Oh, okay, fair enough. This is. I think for the other three hundred sixty days, it's a walking track. Oh well, there you go. Yeah, what are your thoughts about Giorgione uh, of Cookie? I like it. Um, it's it has a, a various amount of corners. I don't know. I, I wasn't really gonna go into much of a, like a detail with it. I just I, I enjoy the circuit. I enjoy the setting and stuff like that. Like mm. it doesn't crazy stand out to me, but like I enjoy the flow of the track. Yeah. Okay. Good race. Well, I think that's that's a that's a good point of difference between something like Gilles Villeneuve, which we've said is like a bunch of different chicanes uh, strung together in various guises, versus something like say Barcelona, which is a, a bunch of different corners strung together in various guises. I think the difference between or, or even we were talking about Winton earlier, how every single corner breaks the flow. I think the difference between something like Winton and something like Gilles Villeneuve is that every single corner on Jules Villeneuve flows because you have a a kind of opening and closing to the track in the way that the corners are built that's really sort of inviting. Like, if you, talk, if you look at, uh, you know, turns one and two, it's a very difficult, you know, slow left-hander into a long sweeping right-hander, but then that kind of opens into the next section, which then closes and you know tightens the apex of the next section so it kind of closes the track back in and then you know the next chicane opens it back out you've got a closing radius corner into an opening radius corner so it kind of get that really nice interplay between opening and closing that i really kind of like if that makes sense i hope i hope any of that made sense (laughs) i think it's a it's a fair maybe underrated circuit or a hidden gem in uh, in the F1 calendar, um, what other circuits maybe do you think are hidden gems or underrated or you know ha- get less airtime than they probably should? Uh, not just in F1, but in just in any sort of motorsports. I can think of like three or four, but I, w- I want to ask what you guys think of first. Norris ring. Norris ring. Yeah, I Norris think that's, ring. that's a great little bull ring. I love it. It's probably one of the best street circuits in the world. I think. And yeah. again, it's just simple as what? Six turns, two hairpins, a flip-flop, and then walls yeah. everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> and Ollie, wow. in, Ollie in chat posted something else I was going to say as well. Donington Park. Yep, absolutely. Yep. That's oh, a great God. circuit. I love it so much. Yeah, it's, again, uh, great sort of dynamics of opening and closing radius corners. And really cool, like, compound corners as well. This is what I, uh, this is what I was saying earlier. Corners where you have to think, like, Two or three ahead to position where you, where your car is. Mm. But I'm thinking, and I'm thinking like there was there's really interesting corners like the elevation, and I think there's a couple of corners that are quite off camber. I think turn ten is it coming down the back straight. Yeah, um, yeah. Something along sort of off camber. Then you got the chicane that takes you down to the Adelaide hairpin, which is downhill braking zone into a really tight hairpin. Yeah, Donington is a really cool circuit. Harama mm. chat uh, too. Harama. Whereabouts is Harama? I have not heard of this circuit. This is one of the it's three that are from MotoGP, is it not? Are you sure? Because uh, I thought I thought it was uh, it was Hereth. Well, there is Hereth. No, that's not that's not a MotoGP circuit. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, this is Harama. I've never seen that circuit before in my life at all. <laughs> 
because I know because I know MotoGP in Spain they go to Catalonia, they go to Jerez, they go to Aragon, and they go to Valencia, which is another circuit that I think is criminally underrated. The circuit uh, Ricardo Tormo. I I think that circuit needs mm. way more eyes on it. Actually, there's a lot of MotoGP circuits that I think need way more eyes on them than they currently get. But I'd say I'd say uh, Ricardo Tormo at Valencia is definitely one of them. Uh, yes. I was going to throw in Slovakia ring. Slovakia ring. Now, okay, there's something I haven't heard of. Uh, I have heard of before, but I've never really seen a race at Slovakia ring. What's what's up with the Slovakia ring? It it sort of has a reputation as being a super sub. Um, if races don't happen for whatever reason, like GT has gone there in the past when they've had issues. World Touring Car goes there now. On paper... It doesn't look like much at all, but it's got four artificially ma- artificial mounds put in to add elevation. Okay, one of the one of the bit mounds they put in was actually a bit too mental, and cars were getting air off it. Nice, so they had to redesign that slightly. Nice. <laughs> uh, one one solution when you were just putting like a temporary chicane on the top of it. Okay, yeah, um, and. The racing I've seen there has actually been really good, and it's criminally underused. Yeah, cool. I actually saw um, on the ARC Bratislava car at the bend, they had the Slovakia ring on their wing mirrors. Um, oh, yes. Yeah, which is really, really interesting, because I, I, ARC Bratislava is from Slovakia, right? That checks. Yes, that checks, yeah. Um, no, it looks like a really cool circuit. Uh, very yeah. interesting. Kind of very sort of flowing or fast. It's almost like a, a trioval with a with an infield section. That's kind of what it looks like. Yeah, um, and it's actually been designed to race in either direction as well. Ah, oh, nifty, That's which is cool. cool. Yeah, sweet. Um, I, I had one more. Now this might go down like a lead balloon. Magni Core. Oh no, no, nah, we're not even going to bother discussing that. Get out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why the hate? I never understood the hate for it. It's just kind of boring. It's just, it's just, it like, it's like Paul Ricard. It produces, it's a great test circuit and doesn't really produce good racing at the top level. Paul Ricard produces great racing at GT3, I'll say that much. But Magnicore is just kind of there. <laughs> Uh, I, like, I, got I, I, get, I got my hairpins wrong before. Uh, Donington has the Melbourne Airport hairpin. Air yeah, yeah. Magnol has the Adelaide hairpin, but it's got it's got that flow. The first section's nuts, flat out into the Adelaide hairpin. I, I mean, okay, it didn't get a lot of support because it was in the middle of nowhere, France, and the F one races there weren't great. But I still think it's a pretty good layout. Ooh, how about how about Portland International Race? I have not heard of Portland at all. It's a uh, it's a IndyCar uh, state. I don't even know. It's it's more like yeah. It's a, it's a it's an American track in Oregon, the West Coast state. Um, it's kind of like a like a Albert Park. I would think kind of like more of a park street circuit kind of deal. Um, and they did do drag racing, I think, on it or still at some point. It's um. I really like that track, especially they redid turn seven and made it a little bit wider. So it is a really cool, like almost hairpin, but like the car behind can um, really, really swing wide and get a great run out of the corner and down the backstretch. And it's got really, really good float. 
So I think that's a huge sleeper because it wasn't used for a good almost decade and they kind of re-upped it, brought it back and made it better. So um, I like that, that track a lot. So Cool. I've never, I've never seen a race at Portland. I've heard bits and pieces about it. There was some debate of putting it back on the IMSA schedule for a while, but I've never really heard too much about it. That turn seven looks really interesting. It's very wide. Yeah, it and that was the that was the thing they redid too before, when they brought IndyCar back was that that little addition they did was to widen that that corner by a ton and it, it's just it's comically wide <laughs> that's made that like the uh, defending car has to dive on the inside and defend that so that he doesn't get overtaken but at the same time he loses a huge amount of momentum on corner exit. And just gets such a bad like exit that a lot of times the guy that's still trying to overtake has a huge run on him and still has a great opportunity to overtake him on the backstretch. So it's kind of like kind of like turn one at Circuit of the Americas there, where you're kind of damned if you do and damned if you don't. But this one is like where turn where I think turn one is uh, you can slam on the brakes and still kill the other guy's apex. This one is so wide and the and the exit is still wide enough where you could still you can run. Like you can just try to dive like on the outside and try to overtake on the outside and hold your line. Like it really, it really key, it puts the guy in front of you at a huge disadvantage that corner. And Sweet. I don't really remember a, another corner that does it to that degree. And if you watch a couple IndyCar races the last couple of years and see, like mostly really good overtakes are going to happen on that corner. And it's a really really crucial corner for people to get good results for the race. Cool. I might have to check that one out because that's something I'm not familiar with at all. Nice. Um, so a few sleepers that I had just in my sleeve that I think the, most of these are going to be from MotoGP and I'm just going to like whip them out. And I think they're criminally underrated, in fact. Um, is, first one, and I think this is possibly my favorite racetrack in the world, is Bruno in the Czech yes. Republic. I yes. absolutely love the pants off that circuit. It is. It's got. It's got everything. It's got elevation. It's got compound corners. It's got opening radius. It's got closing radius. It's just to me. It is just the best circuit in the world. And more stuff needs to go there because, by God, it's just such a good circuit. The problem is these circuits are in countries like Slovakia, Czech Republic, or where they Czechia now. I don't. I can't keep up with international politics. I can barely keep up with local politics. True. I can barely keep up with racing politics half the time. <laughs> but these tracks and places that, that that aren't the forefront of your mind to go to, mm, and yeah. it's just a shame. Uh, it's the same problem New Zealand has. New Zealand's got a lot of great racetrack facilities that just don't get used because we're on the arse end of the universe. <sighs> I guess I guess part of it is like motor and culture as well. I guess that's why there's a lot of racetracks in say uh, the UK they get used a lot of the time is because UK has always had a bit of a manufacturing, racing, uh, motoring sort of uh, culture, and I guess that's the same sort of thing in Australia as well. Despite our absolutely <laughs> manufacturing industry at the moment. Whereas maybe New Zealand, New Zealand has a bit of that history though. I mean, you've got like pioneers and like Bruce McLaren and stuff like that, that hmm. I'm surprised that there's not more of a motoring culture that makes the, use of these facilities. Then don't get me wrong. There's a massive motoring culture domestically. Okay. Absolutely massive. But getting international down there is just never going to happen. Same thing yeah. like the rugby world cups, never going to go to New Zealand again, even though we dominate rugby. 
Yeah, fair. But you can always share it with Australia. We could, and we. <laughs> I don't know, Cookie. I don't know what you've posted there, but it looks like dog shit. <laughs> Dude, I love the. I love that track. I love that track. Yeah, what is this is, track? This track is New Hampshire International Raceway uh, Road Course. <laughs> Ew! No! 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 Okay, so this is a roval with that goes out of the roval. So yeah, it's... yeah. There's like a, a cancer kind of like uh, protruding from the back stretch. It's but disgusting. It is, uh, it is fantastic. the The actual road course part portion of it goes uphill, so that turn three into four, it's like a pretty high uphill grade. And then it goes kind of down into a bowl in the six, seven, comes back up, goes through some trees, winds back down, and pops back out. Um, it is a whale of a fun in some of the smaller cars, like in some skippies, that kind okay, of stuff. Let's, and, let's, uh, okay, let's, okay, because, because, of the legend. because no one's going to know this circuit, let's take okay, a I'm, bit of a lap. Okay, so okay. we go, we go down the main straight, which is, remember, on an oval into turn one. So turn one comes in a little bit like the Daytona Roval, and it's just, but it's like a fast chicane that kind of loops you in and then back out onto turn two, which is like the second apex of the bowl. And then it, you dive to the inside, brake very hard for a right-hander that takes you, I'm assuming, under the oval on the back straight. And then you rise... Uh, no, 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 no. There's literally no? like a uh, retain, re- the retaining wall like... Oh, you just pull the wall out. You just pull the wall out. Okay, so so you're basically going perpendicular to the like the main the back straight at this point to go up and out of the circuit to a long right hander that takes you uphill. Apparently, Um, then six is kind of like a nub. Uh, (laughs) It literally it literally looks like someone's. It's like it's bank. It looks. So it literally like looks like some, just to imagine the top of this circuit. It literally looks like someone strapped a dildo to the top of a, an oval, um, in the way that it's shaped. So you've got like the head, and then you've got like the edge of the glands that kind of brings you back under the trees, <laughs> <laughs> and then that loops you around turn nine, which bulges back out again. That brings you back onto the track. Um, and then you have another, I don't even know, I, the, like the, the last sector is just like, what is even happening? It's like a not chicane into a mirror of, uh, it's just stupid. It's just stupid. Yeah. Oh, it's, uh, it's a little derpy, but it is, it's fun. The first, the first two sectors are like super, super quick, especially when you're, when you're using a lot of speed, when you're kind of like using most of the track, it's, uh, it's a fun course to kind of run if you can push it on a limit. I'm going to say something here, potentially controversial. There is no good rival. Ooh. Hey, can't say that about Daytona. Oh, yeah, yes, you can. <laughs> if, hey, like, Daytona they, 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 they great I'm, and all, but, like, if there wasn't a 24-hour event, no one would care about the rival. It would still get used, though. Yeah, but, like, no one would care. No one outside of America would care about the rival. Yeah. But hey, enough enough international blokes have raced it and we're like, oh man, this is a really challenging course. We're like, hmm, I guess it is kind of challenging. Hmm. That international but, horseshoe is a bit tricky. And then that other, other yeah, uh, a, 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 but no, tricky. but it suffers the same problem as Sebring, is that there is no satisfaction you get. The only satisfying corner at Daytona is the bus stop chicane. Like And other rovers like Charlotte Rover, the NASCAR's an abomination. The Kansas one, which which IMSA went to for two years. What the flying is that track? 
Southpaw race, if you watch that YouTube channel, designed to describe it as a bad anatomical diagram of the female reproductive system. Mm. <laughs> oh no. So we've gone we've gone from we've gone from mangled penises to dildo strapped to ovals to poorly drawn female reproductive systems. So we've covered all the bases. The only thing we haven't right, the only thing we haven't well, touched on yet to is beauty. Boobs. Yeah, no, 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 we haven't, we haven't. Well, let's switch to a beauty then. All right, since we're 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 in the mud, go to my home track. We haven't talked about that yet, and that's definitely not a sleeper. Road America, Road America. That is one of the classic race tracks around the world. That is just you know perfect length, perfect complexity. Perfect difficulty, perfect runner. Like it's just got some really, really cool corners and some really difficult sections. I just think I would almost call that the the perfect racetrack. Maybe over Spa Francorchamps. It is, yeah. Uh, it like I, I I wish we could get more people to say stuff like that. But uh... <laughs> it's just a great circuit. I I I can't think of any part of Road America that I don't like. Maybe the only thing I don't like about Road America is the fucking stupid corner numbering system. Like, who yes. who brain dead fever dream was that? How is there a corner between turn one and turn three? Like, if there's a corner between turn one and turn three, how is there not a corner on the back straight heading into Canada corner? Like, yeah. How how yeah. is how is bloody the chase not seventeen corners, not three? Yeah. <laughs> uh, but like the, internal consistency. I, Come on, America. Oh, 100%. I, I don't disagree. Uh, the But you're not wrong on, like, all, all the other stuff. The, uh, just the, the backdrops are incredible. The, uh, I mean, it has, somehow it has its own history, even though it's basically kind of lived on its own by itself, doing its own thing. And if, you know, different series in the racing community want to interact with it, they go to it. It's just, it's kind of this weird, like, I'm not going to say perfection, but it's, it's damn close. And they even that, like all the corners are like iconic corners are named. Even the straightaways have names. Like there's, it's such a fantastic collection of elevation mm. corners and how you set that up. And to another point is that it's, it is a total microcosm of the region that it's in um, for you to get to that area. Um, there's only one or two ways you can go where you completely, completely avoid seeing similar roads and seeing similar elevation changes and enjoying just like even public roads. Like there are like the three or four areas to get to that track are just winding roads that you're like, oh crap. <laughs> like <laughs> we're, This is, you know, you, you get the sense uh, and the landscape kind of hit you before you even get to the track that it's like, this is re- in a really interesting spot. So nice i don't know i could talk on for for hours about that track. I love it so much. <laughs> it's like so it's like a microcosm of wisconsin yeah, in a sense too and it's it's um it's um it's owned by the public in a sense oh, cool. there's it's publicly owned by like it has thirty thousand shares kind of passed down to like a series of local families and that kind of stuff so it's do you have do you own shares do you own shares in the track i know a a good friend of mine has his family is like one of the I wouldn't say like one of the founder families, but they're like one of the families that has a amount of shares. So he technically has some shares. Nice. So he gets tickets and stuff every year for stuff. Oh, cool. But, yeah. Perfect. But it's, it, it's a, it's just a unique, it's just really unique. And that's, I think probably the best way to describe it. Nice. I, I maybe don't, I don't necessarily think it's unique in the world of racing, but it's certainly the correct combination for that layout. 
I think the only thing that maybe is any detraction from it is its lack of proper pit facilities. Because you could... Oh, yeah. Yeah. But even that in itself isn't necessarily a bad thing because it kind of prevents it from being bastardized by the uh, requirements to run higher series on it. Like, if F1 ever ran there, it would kill any reason that you would want to run F1 there. Because, you know, the the walls are concrete, there's grass everywhere, you know, you don't have a proper pit, pit facility. That's kind of okay, that's kind of the character of it. Um, yeah, I, I love Red America, it's a great circuit. Yeah, it 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 will love you too when you eventually come. One day. Uh, One day I'll get uh, over there. Um, oh, man, so get, many good races. Get the pie, man. Huh? Get the pie. Get the pie. Get the pie. <laughs> get the pie. You got to get Sunday morning pie to get a little dollop of ice cream on top. Oh, what, see, what, what? see, pie for uh, us on this side of the world means like a meat pie. So like a no. pastry filled with meat and gravy. Nope. nope. And ice cream it's, on top. I'm talking like blueberry pie, apple pie. We um, do. Uh, do, do we? Do we dare tell Kiwi? Uh, dare tell Cookie what a pie floater is? Do you know what a pie floater is, Chris? <laughs> oh God, I don't. Nope, don't do it. This is not the podcast for yes, that. Yes, it is. This, it's <laughs> a great pie floater. Oh, oh, a great oh, podcast okay. for it. So a pie floater, right? You get a you get a meat pie, like your bog standard mince pie, or sometimes it's steak and kidney as well. So like, imagine like the offcuts of meat that get minced up into a pie with like the most hot awful gravy and then you put that in pastry and now you turn that upside down and put it in pea soup right so upside down into a bowl of pea soup and then pour tomato sauce over the top of it and there you go that is a pie floater it's glorious it is glorious it is quite tasty and a delicacy of south australia so that's what, pie, that's, what, no. that's what pie right, means so to Australia. I learned was I need to clarify when I say specific random English words because they could have terrible, terrifying meanings <laughs> that I wasn't prepared for. This ain't, uh, this ain't okay. Kansas anymore. No. Um, anyway, back to racetracks, right? <laughs> um, another circuit that I think is underrated uh, is... Magello. I actually really, really like Magello. I don't understand why people hate Magello. What's up with all the hate like with Magello? I don't like Magello. Why don't you like Magello? It's got elevation. The corners it's... are weird. That's so good. This is a racetrack where if you nail a lap at Magello, that makes you just feel like a king. Well, yeah, because yeah, because it's like the narrow. You have it's the same problem with uh, Hungaroring or however you want to pronounce it. It's like. You have to have it at a specific way on every single corner. You can't take it slightly, like, too uh, late apex or early apex. Otherwise, you'll just murder your your other corner attempts on the other one. So you just have to single file run it. Otherwise, you'll lose all your momentum. Uh, it's super, super, super dumb. And you don't have really any ability to pass anywhere uh, outside, tur- like, the, the front stretch. So you're just kind of like hanging out, waiting for somebody to make a mistake and, and basically go wide or go off, and then you overtake them. So I find that dumb. I don't my find biggest, that enjoyable. My biggest issue with Regelli is the front straight does its stupid thing for whatever reason. What, where it goes up and sideways? Uh, yeah. Because yeah. like, ooh, sidestep. <laughs> but the track itself is pretty good. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think... I it's think it works, perfect for I bikes. I think it would work a lot better for bikes than it would for cars. It does. It does work pretty well for bikes. I think, yeah. though... Works adequately for cars. I don't think it's necessarily like, of course, the back section where you're diving down the hill and then coming back up. It that's you know you can't really 
get two through there. But I I think the like sector one where you've got those again those two different profiled uh left right corner sets i think that's really really cool but i think i don't know you get tracks like philip island mm. that really works for bikes and really really works for cars this is true mm-hmm. yeah you know and now and i'm okay with that there. kind of circuit because that is a ton of speed and you have some momentum and there are places where you can utilize that in a way to overtake, and then also where you're also feeling like you're the king of the world when you make a lap there too. So yeah, I like that track, even though it's lots of sweepers. So and and even though that to go there, you have to bloody put on seventeen layers of jacket. Yeah. Ah, yes. That's Screw true. everything that about where Phillip Island is, except for oh. the fact that it's an awesome racetrack. <laughs> oh, by the way, um, something I hate in circuit design right now is the banked apexes in North American tracks you got like half of the track on the inside of the corner is banked and then the outside is flat. So huh. there's only one racing line that you can take through it. So then you can't overtake because you're going to have to go on the flat bit. What is the, the point? The racing line is banked. So then you, so yeah, every corner is a carousel. Thing. Yeah, but it's in America and it means that it, it's you just got to wait. And the passing opportunity, like that's the thing that I prefer about wider, bigger tracks is you get more creativity with racing lines and you're going to have more side by side action. Whereas with those corners that are banked, you just got to wait. You got to go through one by one. Now, as the driver, it's probably more entertaining because you're going to have a higher higher cornering speed because you're going to get it really hooked up in that banked Mm. bit. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's like shit, isn't it? Turn six and seven at Laguna Seca, like the run onto the area that takes you up the hill. Like both of those, in, like inside lines are banked, and you get real your nose in there. It's really, really nice, but you can't really run side by side through there. I think at, was it Road Atlanta that does that as well, and and um, Road America does remember, that. There are loads that have like that. They're they're all over America. It feels like. There are corners that have the apex is just like some concrete angled inwards, yeah. like so you can really like, hook it up. Watkins, Watkins Glen is notorious yes, for that. Yes, that's the one. That's yeah. the one. Um, yeah, flood. Think of like Paris Roubaix, where you've got like a crown in the road. Yeah, yeah. And you and you've got to hit the inside. And if you're going side by side into a corner, they just elbow you out. Yeah. And you're going to be on the off camber bit rather than the, the than on the, on the, the, the crown. Nice yeah. Like to me, like to me, track design is kind of like a like building a roller coaster kind of thing. Like mm. you've got some banking, you've got some turns, maybe maybe some you know angling. Of course, you don't have a corks, but you have a corkscrew, but not the corkscrew that you think of. It's, it's a metaphorical corkscrew. Every, every every track needs a bloody Laguna Seca corkscrew. <laughs> I <laughs> well okay on that note then Lada um what did you think of the Benz track design Benz track design uh, I I've been to the Benz yeah um, that's that's why I ask I I don't know like personally I don't like long tracks that that's the thing I okay. I, I don't I don't like it so that so that's why I kind of don't like um okay you will you all will hate me. I think you I'm like, like the only I, I, one batting I, for the bend. I hate to say it's too long, but uh, but it is too long. Yeah, it is a bit too, long. It's a bit too busy. 
Yeah, I I, I think that's fair. Yeah, I don't think either. What was that? Sorry, I don't think it's earned it. Yeah, I don't think it's earned it because like you've got these old tracks that are famous because things happened at that corner. You've got you know corners that are named after people that have died, crashed, and almost died. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. You know, louder links at um, Tamburello. Yeah, Um, Mm. at Imola, Um, and the there's there's the not that much of a sensory experience watching the bend yeah. now that's the aesthetic of the track and potentially the you know especially the broadcasting of what i watched at it with um limited amount of asian le mans series which the broadcast quality is better than it was before but it's still not compared to things like v8 supercars of which i didn't really watch that much of the bend co- uh, uh, rounds that have been there but also australian gt what was it the the the, um... the 10 car race oh my god that was so yeah shit. i mean it yeah it's it's just it's not exciting um and yeah sure i i guess it's cool um in its own thing but um it will take time yeah and, and you just got to stick in it and yeah. then it will become it will make its way into being uh, a valued racetrack i think the if people watch the, the support acts for the V8 supercars at the bend more than just the supercars in the Asian Le Mans series, they'll like it way more because the racing in the support mm. categories was way better than the pro cars. I think there's almost a, not a fear of pushing too hard in the pro cars, but because everyone's so close, it means that no one's really off speed from anyone else whereas in the in the lower categories they were just throwing everything at each other i think the porsche race the porsche career cup race at the bend last year had like seven or eight lead changes in the last two laps between the top three Mm. plus the 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 big boys haven't sorted out the tires yeah that's true as well which is kind of which will help Mm. but i think with the bend for example there's a couple there's just too many needless corners like i like the section around the back and I like the first few corners, but they just they just cut out a few of those in, infield squiggles. They can make a really decent racetrack out of it. Well, I I think the international circuit, the one that they use for the V8 supercars as a self-contained circuit, is fantastic. Like oh, it is it's the, amazing. Yeah, the the drop from like Lardis just posted a picture in in the chat. The drop from turns uh, seven, eight. And then what becomes turn nine and ten, like that's all. It's kind of like a reverse uh, Istanbul, like the reverse diabolic, because you go up and then down, um, and then you've got that really cool cutback between turns eleven and twelve that brings you back onto the circuit. I think with that, that is a really cool track. the The busyness comes from when you add the west circuit, which is the uh, the additional part that they use for the bend. That's a really cool track for like club level racing like circuit xls and sort of stuff but when you try and run it all together it does become a bit too busy i think yeah we we have to add the bit that's got the main pit building yeah that too (laughs) (laughs) but yeah that's um yeah so when it's just that top section that kind of loses uh, a bit of flow because it all becomes very Mm. busy plus when a track's too busy and too long it's not enough of a challenge for the drivers like in a four-hour race they'd we're doing what two minute 45 minute second laps oh i i disagree i was talking to the drivers from the band and they were saying dude it's it's mega we're constantly like making decisions and like on our ass here 
Um, but the, and like, I think even with the racing it produced as well, there were some times where, you know, the choice to dive past a GT car or a LMP3 car or not defined a part of the race because it caused or resolved a battle that had been going on for 20 minutes. It's certainly not easy. It's certainly not, not a challenge. Um, Hmm. it's just a different challenge. Uh, it's more about beating the track than necessarily beating your competitors. Let's let's forget about the hidden circuit. What what's your favorite circuits? What's your favorite circuits around the world? I've said I've said mine, mine are Bruno and uh what was the other one that I said? Istanbul. And I'll probably throw mm-hmm. the Adelaide Street Circuit in there for, you know, local reasons. Can as well. we talk about street circuits? Because Sure. We did mention Norris Ring earlier. Um mm-hmm. uh, we've mentioned also uh Albert Park, Singapore, um, which is a pretty high profile street circuit. But yeah, what did what did you want to say about street circuits? <sighs> I've got a feeling that mm-hmm. they're going to become more and more prevalent and we're going to see more of these purpose-built tracks run away and become street circuits. Interesting. And I don't know if that's a good thing. What makes you say that? On the whole, street circuits, unless they're done in the hybrid fashion, like we've seen, say, at Adelaide in Australia or Townsville, if you know your supercars. Ew. Townsville's not bad. <laughs> But That's not be, true. But uh, I look at all the, like most of the street circuits in America, with the IndyCar go, which are basically just street circuits. And I just think I don't like any of these. Yeah, I tend to agree. Like Long Beach, eh? Detroit, eh? Was was the other one that they were going to do? Saint Petersburg. Saint Pete's not bad. Yeah, it's okay, but like. I, I'm more familiar with the circuits they go to with IMSA, and like I don't know why people like Long Beach. It is just kind of crap. But it's in Party Town, USA, my man. Party Town, USA. Cookie, as the resident American in the room, tell us tell us how to feel about Long Beach. I'm get- <laughs> all of a sudden, I'm getting a lot of hate in, in the chat. Like, <laughs> no, Long Beach is not not good. <laughs> Long Beach is historical. Yeah, and, that's true. Um, so it also, you know, it has uh, a, a very unique backdrop to it. And, <laughs> but beyond that, and I mean, I don't know. It, 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 it's not, it's not necessarily my go-to track when I think of uh, like going, like going to a street circuit. Um, it does have some interesting corners to it, but it's a pretty standard basic track, but it draws in fans. And, you know, again, it has legacy. So yeah, um, it's kind of withstood its own test of time. There's definitely some tracks that are absolutely uh, stupid and nuts that are in the U.S. that are street circuits that don't exist anymore. Uh, uh, I, I remember dro- racing an old IndyCar game and there was the Vancouver Street Circuit. And oh my God, that was an abomination. <laughs> oh my God. That one uh, went under some of the, uh, some of the like convention center uh, buildings. Yeah. So they're just going almost through like under a car park. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, all right. That's as cool. Like as a kid, I was like, "Oh man, that's cool!" Like Randy cars driving through a you know a parking lot. That's that's cool. But you know now I'm like, eh, yeah, okay, well, somewhere. Let's uh, okay. We'll talk. I want to talk quickly about like street circuit design and philosophy for for a second because the idea of a street circuit is that you have a captive audience, right? You have you're using these streets, so therefore the people have to come because they would be using these streets. Um, so I think specifically in Australia, they're used as a bit of a, a, uh, 
economy generator, economy uh, driver. So, you know, we have medium-sized towns or medium-sized cities in Australia have hosted recently street circuit events like Newcastle, Townsville, uh, and uh, Surface Paradise, which is probably a little bigger. And then, of course, Adelaide, which is the big one uh, in Australia. Um, and that's a lot of those events gain additional crowds than a normal event would simply because of the location, the fact that they're taking over the city. Now, we're seeing the advent of more street circuits being utilized, specifically in Formula E, where it's all street circuits, of course. And I think there's still a place for the race facility because I think people will want to go and run their cars at the maximum wherever they are. So there's always a need for places to do that. But street circuit design is really hard because Mm -hmm. you have concrete walls very close. You have minimal chances to overtake. You very much have, on occasion, very similar types of corners because you're generally, you know, unless you're using something really, really boutique and out there, like, say, Jules Villeneuve, uh, you're building in cities. You're building street uh, circuits in cities, so that means like grids of uh, grids of roads, and so you kind of have to make the the circuit out of that grid. Um, but there's still certainly good street circuits. We've talked about Norris Ring extensively, and I think that's one of the best street circuits in the world. Funnily enough, fun trivia if you didn't know this, built around a Nazi parade ground. Uh, that's a, fun trivia. That is fun trivia. And then, of course, I put Adelaide up there as one of the best street circuits ever conceived for a multitude of reasons. And that's not just because I'm a local there, but, it, you know, the fact that it's had V8 Supercars, F1, uh, American Le Mans series. Uh, it's facilitated all these different events and it's got some terrifying corners in, you know, turn eight, very difficult sections in the staircase and uh, has a taste of what a, uh, like a purpose-built area yeah. has. And uh, and Townsville's got Townsville's got that too from my point of view the back section it's pretty tasty yeah that that yeah. bound over the main street which gives you all the all the bumps um mm-hmm. but what a, surface surface has been neutered to all I miss the old surface paradise mm-hmm. man did you ever see races the old surface paradise cookie yes the the IndyCar one man how good mm-hmm. was the old surface paradise with that extended sector one and two I oh uh. I, I still get confused, like, when I'm like, oh, man, they're already at the, the back stretch, yeah. like, and then they're going through the S's. Like, I I, I, I always get confused because I'm like, they shouldn't be there yet. They got a long way to go. So it always th- throws me through a loop because I'm, I'm so used to seeing it where you've got the two chicanes and just that run down there. But, and, yeah, the yeah, second chicane know. was way faster than the first one as well, which made it even better. Mm-hmm. Makes me sad. And then you have me- that yeah, and I'm yeah. assuming it was it was safety or something like that. I think tram. they did that. They built a tram. <laughs> tram. <laughs> they, didn't want, they, didn't, they didn't want to shut down the whole, like, the whole Esplanade every single time they had the V8s there once the Indy cars left. And then about a year or two after they did that, the the council decided they were going to build a tram line across what was the old circuit. So now you can't even go back and use it, which is real shame. Yeah. What other tram. What other street circuits have that sort of level of prestige and intrigue about them? Well, like... Monaco, obviously, but we all have opinions about Monaco. Um, Macau. Ah, yes, uh, Macau, the infamous <laughs> destroyer of automobiles. I guess I've, I guess I've, I've got my soundboard up. I can play that clip if you really want. <laughs> yeah, hit it. <laughs> oh, no, I don't. It's broken. Ah, <laughs> you raised my hopes and dashed them expertly, sir. It's broken. <laughs> um... 
Hang on, no, Macau uh, certainly. Again, that's something that's got prestige and interest behind it. I wonder why F one stopped going to Macau but uh, kept going to Monaco. Well, I mean, I know the reason why, but I think it's interesting to you know that one stayed while the other was okay. F one never went to Monaco, apparently. Okay, then why did then why does anyone? Oh, sorry, to Macau. Then why does anyone care about Macau then? Because it's an insane track that, like, I think got a reputation early on when people went there, especially like the the like the Formula two thousand three thousand series that race there. Like the local government just kept. You know, it's a, uh, what is it? It's like a, um, it's kind of like the Vegas of uh, the, you know, Eastern Asia, that kind of thing. So they can kind of keep it going and it's just survived somehow, even though the track is ridiculous. <laughs> well, I think there is that prestigious about it because it's one of the only two Grand Prix that aren't actually F1 Grand Prix. Huh. Uh, the, the other one being New Zealand Grand Prix, which has been held at Manfield for many, many years. New Zealand has a Grand Prix? Yeah. <laughs> Are you uh, we, sure? Hundred yeah. <laughs> <laughs> percent. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, sure, sure. Um, what other street circuits come to mind that are are good, are enjoyable to watch racing at? And if someone says Sydney Motorsport Park, I am just gonna uh, not Sydney Motorsport Park, Sydney Olympic Park. I am just gonna slap them silly. Sydney Motorsport, Sydney Olympic Park should have been nuked along with the whole whole suburb of Sydney. <laughs> the oh, whole geez. suburb of Sydney. The whole city. Alex, Baku Alex, is not good. Alex says in the chat says Baku is good, and that's getting him removed from this chat. Goodbye, Alex. I, I to to that end, I really like mile and a half or two miles straightaways. <laughs> like it's kind of the lure for Lamar and other stuff too, where you have like a long straight. That's kinda cool. But beyond that, it's just kinda like it's it's just a weird. I mean, like it does well what it can do, and it made itself unique, which is what yeah. you need to do at the street circuit. So I d- I don't mind it. I don't mind it. It the the section up through the castle where it's basically like half a car wide. That's just that's dumb. That's so that's dumb. Just, that's just what is the point? Yeah, right. Um, <laughs> I, the thing I, is, I, like, I can't really think of any commonly used street circuits in Europe. Like, I know of a bunch in Australia. I know of a few ha- in. Ho? In where? Poe, the F3 race in Poe? Nope, never heard of it. It's not a bad little track, actually. Poe, po, I'm pretty sure, is the one with a safety car to get the leader. Oh, that one! Ah, oh, okay. Yeah, I've heard of that. <laughs> weird. What a weird thing. Yeah, I know. I don't know. I don't. I can't. I can't think of any too many other big. There's uh, also. Ooh, hold on. Birmingham Super Prix. Oh God. Here we go. <laughs> We're going deep with the archives, lads. Oh. Like, really, really the the only the only one I can think of is Palanga. That's like the only other street circuit I can think of. It's also in Epigusa. I'm pretty sure that's a street circuit. Oh my god, what are we doing, lads? <laughs> Jesus, that looks I, hey, so. If you dumb. haven't watched though on YouTube, watch watch just a couple Birmingham uh, Super Prix just to get an appreciation of how obnoxious that i don't uh, want to i think you should i I think you should okay and yes whoever said pow also yes uh very very good uh very very good that is that's a legendary track and there has been so many like track blocked race starts it's amazing (laughs) yes when that's your when that's your claim to fame Ah, it's great and yeah yeah, so many different corners that you can completely cock up and mess 
everything up and hit the wall and hurt yourself. So that's a very <laughs> tricky three circuit. I mean, Brilliant. I suppose. I mean, I just saying that the Inner Pagoose is not a uh, not a street circuit, but any street, any corner that's got a any circuit that's got a corner like that. Oh my god! My shit it's basically a, a a made up chicane. It's like someone put Paul Ricard, but without all the all the pretty lines. Did we talk about tracks which is like suited for 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 it? Like, do you think natural is better, or just generally engineered to be better? Which what is the best? What do you mean? Like, uh, it's street circuits I'm... that are designed to be street circuits from the get go, or so to be to be race tracks from the get go. I don't think there is like, any like, street circuits. Like, there tilt is. circuits there... like tilt circuits versus uh, like naturally created circuits around. Yeah, the I mean, I mean that isn't that is that what the Korean international race race track supposed to be kind of like? I mean, it's a half it's a half street, but it wasn't designed to be street. It's supposed like the whole entire thing is supposed to be designed to be a racetrack. It's all, but it also accompanies like a city. In a sensor, straight down. Right, so it is yeah. sort of like a street circuit. It's, co- it's sort of like Adelaide in certain parts. Yes, correct. Yeah. So, what if they did it right with billions of bucks on? <laughs> well, I mean, they tried, didn't they? They tried. They tried hard, and then just it didn't happen. They just stopped. Well, I mean, the whole the, the whole reason they'd keep interest around the circuit was if F one kept going there, and F one just kind of stopped. Yeah, I mean, they, I mean, right, but they they also needed uh they needed a larger fan base that would be committed to going to that mm. than they did, and then at the same time too, the the plans to make that kind of a like production or construction were like China's really the only one that that does that kind of stuff. Yeah. Where you're just like, oh, we're just going to build a city here. Or All Abu right, Dhabi. Cool. I mean, Abu like, Dhabi kind of had the same thing. They built a freaking hotel yeah. over the racetrack, and I guess that's fine because what else are the sheikhs going to do with all their money? Just throw it at cars. I mean, it only failed because of the global financial crisis. I mean, it's a pretty big reason to fail. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> no, okay, 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 okay. We've been talking for almost two hours. Not all of it's been recorded as a podcast. We did have a bit of a break in the middle of it. Uh, guys, final comments, final points. Let's uh, Give me your top three racetracks around the world. Any three. We'll go Cookie first. Oh, jeez. Uh, all right. Well, obviously, the Road America one uh, yep. for starters. Um. Oh, jeez. We'll have to go Nordschleife because I like that. We um, haven't even talked about the Nordschleife level. Okay, do we want to forget about doing the top three and just talk about the Nordschleife for a second? <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! <laughs> Whose idea was this? <laughs> by and a man he- named Nordschleife. And uh, that 19- translates to, by the way. No, I, uh, I believe it uh, translates to North Sharpens. I believe, I believe. Any, 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 uh, Germans in the chat? We've got a few people in here now who've kind of filtered their way in. North Loop, North Loop. There we go. Nord Schleifer. I, I love this. Like, who's, which friggin' German farmer's fever dream turned into a 22 kilometer track around, uh, through the Eiffel Mountains? Because holy that- damn. Engineers drew up a 23.8 kilometer circuit, which could be used in different versions, including the 22.8 kilometer Nordschleife. Yeah, I think I think they built it just to bypass the public roads. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's crazy! Because just as 1925, they they basically drew it up and then created it, paved it all, and got it ready to go or something. I don't know if it was paved, but it's basically like drawn up in 1925, then official open in 1927. 
Yeah, there, there used to be even longer. There was a uh, sud. There was a southern section to it that went that even went even further south as well. Oh the wow! Schleifer. Shit. <laughs> what happened to that? It uh disappeared. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so okay, seeing as we're talking about the Nordschleifer, um, I love this circuit. I did hot laps of this circuit. Um. For days and days and end, um, I actually did a 24-hour, was part of a 24-hour race on Forza, which is, you know, not impressive at all. But I did, like, six or seven hours in that race. And, dude, running laps around this race, when you hook, around this track, when you hook it up, it just feels so, so good. But it's also equally terrifying at the same time. I don't know how they go through a 24-hour race here every single year and not just like scare the pants off of all the amateurs because they do. oh it's terrifying right uh crazy i, I don't like it, it, <laughs> it, 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 it like okay i respect it uh, feels like a horror movie man like the like, more i look into it more i think about stuff how can i remember memorize just 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 get good just get good it's great uh, <laughs> just keep your foot flat to the floor, and if you go, if you start spinning, you go too fast. You know, for next lap. <laughs> okay, what do you what do you reckon? What do you reckon is your favorite part of the the Norge life? We're talking about Norge life now. Who cares about the rest of the podcast? Hmm. Hmm. Probably coming up after the uh, after the carousel, uh, that section going all the way down to um, the Dottinger Hole. Yeah, that's probably my favorite. So, so from the carousel through through Vipperman, Brunchen, Fangs Garden, all that Fangs Garden corner is just like, oh, oh, yeah. that's good. And then the, it's right uh, once on the Dottinger Hall. The the like probably the my favorite part is probably that the first two sections after the carousel right there. Yeah, the um, yeah. the uphill, and then if you hit that, you can you're going like almost a second yeah. and a half faster a lot of times if you nail it. And then yeah. if you can come down through the right hander and start to go down those hills that left and then right hander sweep it down, like yeah. through pick through. up so much time and hit and nail it. It's awesome. Yeah. I was I was gonna say the section from Hoart to France Garden. So we all the, agree then. It's just the best section yeah. is from Hoart or from the carousel to the Dottinger Hole. That's that's if you if you take that section out of the nerd Norge Lifer, then there's just no point of running the Norge Lifer. Yeah. <laughs> I mean to be fair, the sec- the section from the Yokohama S to Tear Garden is also pretty good. <laughs> that's the whole track isn't it yes <laughs> well done nicely played yeah i i have to agree like i i do love that section because it's probably the most involved section it's got you know those compound corners those elevation changes those changing cambers etc etc the stuff that really just gets me all excited in my happy place because again i think uh, i think part of the norge life uh, does suffer in times from the same thing that i said about spa earlier where it, it feels at times like a collection of corners with straights that break it up a bit too much. And yeah, to me, that section where you're on the limit from the carousel through to the Donegal Hole is just when you get that right. Oh. And I think, I think Ki- Kiwi, you and I ran a few laps around there back when I was testing my setup for this 24 hour mm-hmm. race. And you said that it just, it just felt like it was hooked up to bits through that section. Yeah. That yeah. was good. It's, pro- it's one of the most rewarding bits of road to drive on. At speed. Yeah. I could never do it. <laughs> good noise life. Good noise. Okay, okay. Back back to the matter at hand. Best three racetracks in the world. Well, your favorite three racetracks. So, Cookie, you said Road, Road America, Nordschleifer, and what's your third? Uh, I mean, probably Lasaris. Oh, that's boring. It's, probably not, it's, it's, it's a boring track, but I, I don't, because I like it 
I'll just probably say that. Yeah. Fair. Uh, but yeah, there's a there's quite a there's quite a few other ones that would that would probably come runner up that I just I like driving. Um, like probably even a sleeper would be Summit Point. Uh, I like that that track a lot too. Uh, oh. if you can nail the track there, but it's a lot. It's pretty small. Um, but if you can nail a lap there, that's really really fun. Um, but yeah, it's 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 different. Like my favorite tracks um, are probably more nostalgia and more history and more like what I enjoy watching and experiencing. Yep. Um, then like favorite tracks of mine to, to drive and race are, are kind of different. I, I would almost like kind of categorize it that way, but yeah, fair enough. I, those are my three. Yep. Cool. Kiwi, your favorite, your three favorite tracks. I'm going to try and pick the ones that you wouldn't expect. So like no, no Bethesda, Spa, Le, Le Mans, Lame. no Triker. Yeah. I'm, I'm not going to pick those. Pukekohe Park. Ew. <laughs> what? Uh, that's a, no, that's fair. <laughs> I think, I really, really like Philip Island. Yep, that's fair. And I really want to say Mike Piero Motorsports behind Crashers, but that's rubbish. Um, <laughs> Is that just because you're local? Yes. If you say no. Winton, I will literally drive over to Melbourne no, no, right now and Winton. slap you. <laughs> not Winton. I also just love, love, love Mid-Ohio. Oh, that's a that's a bit of a out of left field. Really? It, yeah, it's not much to it, but I remember watching, uh, what, I think it was a couple years ago, the IMSA race there. It just works. <laughs> it's I, I think the back section of that track where you've got the elevation, the dipping, the diving, the dodging, and then the P2 cars coming through the GTs, I think that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. It just... It, it just really, really, really works as a racetrack. It's got the elevation. It's got, it's sort of old school, not the safest place in the world to race. Yeah. Also, also Mo Sport. <laughs> just for the Jeb in the audience. Yeah, just for the Jeb in the audience. But <laughs> Mo Sport's not bad either. Most, yeah, Mo Sport's all right. Um, I was going to say Mo Sport has a little sleeper from here. Shout out. Because I love that track as well. Beautiful. Cute. You guys are cute. What about, I think, what about you, Mr. Flood? I think I've already mentioned mine. I'd say Bruno istanbul and then road atlanta but then i'd also like throw in like as close runners up uh adelaide of course because i have to say adelaide and uh there was another one that i was thinking of earlier tonight that i just completely forgotten yeah road atlanta too for me is Mm. that is probably one of one of the most fun tracks that i that i want that i like to drive at for the only for the sole reason that a few times when I race there or when I'm just logging laps, if I'm trying to just do it, like I've never had this before, like to this degree, but I will literally be play, like uh, logging more laps than I wanted to. Cause like every single time, I'm like, all right, I'm just going to kind of, Oh, I'm going a little bit faster. All right, I want to keep doing this. Lap. I'm, like, right, I'm going to box groove. this lap. I get, I'm going to box this lap. And then I like get to it. I'm like, I can't box this. Lap. This is a good lap. I want to put another lap in. So I just keep going. I'm like, all right, I'm going to box this lap. I've like uh-huh. done that almost like seven or eight times. And I'm like, what am I doing? I need to like, like, <laughs> stop. Just stop. But I, Beautiful. I can't because I keep wanting to log laps. It's yeah. crazy. Beautiful. I, it's such a it's such a great circuit as well. Again, elevation change, compound corners. It's just it's just got it all. Um, and then I think a final one to round out my top five, probably VIR is I I just love the UPSs, man. They're just so good, so good. It's we just get top three, you get top five. I see how it is. Okay, would you want two more? No, 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 that's fine. That's fine. I'll just give you a couple. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I could, again, I can give you like a dozen of them and they could all. We could be here are. all night, like trying to yeah, do a tier sure. list of, of friggin' racetracks. Oh, yeah. um, 
Lot we didn't even man. we like we didn't even mention Algarve or Estoril or like Assen. I mean, not that Assen's good for cars. Barber, yeah. Lola Motorsports Park. We didn't mention like Barber Gallo or Teratonga Park. No one's going to mention Teratonga Park. I did. There you go. Support your local racetracks is all we're saying. Yes, that yes. definitely. Support your local. Finally, to round out this podcast, your favorite corners or combination of corners. Give me your three favorite combination of corners. Or corners. Oh, or, or we'll expand this discussion. What are, you, what are your favorite corners on tracks that suck? <laughs> oh. Tracks that suck. Uh, well... Because of the party, I'm going to say uh, Sunset Bend. Yeah, fair. <laughs> I like that corner a lot. We've got uh, Ollie in the chat saying the corkscrew. I'm assuming at Laguna Seca. <laughs> yeah, that's a good. That's a, that's a good corner. That's iconic. Yeah. So we're talking favorite corners that tracks that suck. Well, yeah, favorite, not, favorite corners that track the tracks that you hate. Okay. I don't. I'm not a huge Laguna Seca fan. I like it and I want it to stay, but I am not a huge fan of the layout. So I, I'll agree with Ali on that one. Scene corner. Yeah. Fair call. Fair call. Uh, the oh man, I'm gonna say it. The uh, the the new rendition of Indianapolis uh road course. <laughs> it's the uh, infield turn one little <laughs> little section where it's like a. It's like a chicane from like turn one where you have to like dive in next to the pits. Is that is that, like that is that going? I hate that track so much. Or there is nothing. There is nothing redeeming about that road course. That is at, by far and away the worst road course ever. And I and I don't care if Homestead or Kansas or uh, any of these other like terrible ro- roval tracks ever want to compete with it. That is an awful, awful, awful <laughs> track, and it's terrible that it has to be at Indianapolis Motor Speedway. That track deserves to burn and die and never be never be raced on again. So. Uh, we found Cookie, everyone. That's that's <laughs> the, that's the Austin we know. Um, I forgot about that road course until I thought about. it. I'm like, you know what? That's the only corner I can do because it's the that's the only one that they redid in five years, and it's not even really any re- redo. They just took out the the oval part of it. <laughs> I, I that is such a terrible track. Wow, brilliant. Um, we've got someone, we've got CPX saying in chat, all botched corners at Imola. I disagree. Yeah. <laughs> I think, I think Aqua Minerali is a great corner nowadays. So I disagree, but I can see your point. Um, it was so fast, man. That yeah, was so I, like, I know, I know, I know, but they, I can understand also why they had to change it as well, because it was too terrifyingly fast. I got one. You got one? Lada, uh, what's yours? Mazzane. Where? What corner is that one from? Not gonna say it because there's gonna be a flame war. Uh oh. Oh man. Oh come on, Flo. You know you know what that corner is. Massonet, Massonet, <laughs> turn three at I I can't rec I don't recognize it. What? Is it is it A one ring? Oh, no. Sorry, no. I don't I can't it's recognize it. Football. Oh come on man, it's it's Monaco. Okay, yeah, no, that's fine. Massonet's great. That's a cool <laughs> corner. Yeah, but he's saying the track sucks. Oh, yeah, we know the track sucks. We've talked about this. <laughs> sorry, sorry. The track sucks for F1. I'm sure it's a great, right, like, it looks like a cool racetrack. For modern F1. For yeah, modern for F1. It's a very technical track. It's just, it's not great when you want to drive fast, like ultra. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's, a, good, it's a good track for a go-kart, basically. <laughs> yeah, this is true. Problem is go-karts don't race at Monaco. Don't shut down the city for, for go-karts. Don't, um, doesn't a Porsche Cup because they're um they're like a 
allied with uh, Formula One and some of the events, don't they go? Don't they race in Monaco? Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure like the F1 has support categories, but it's not. Yeah, I'm just saying. Like, I think they. Well, yeah, I'm just saying. I, I wish I could. If there's races up, I kind of want to see how those are, just to get a comparison between like, yeah. you know, some slower speed cars that also don't rely on downforce and can actually maybe overtake in other spots. And if it is any better, or if it is kind of maybe the modernization of the track has made it kind of meh. Mm. But I've 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 got another one. You got another one? The first three corners at Abu Dhabi. Yeah, that's fair. The the sweet good. Through, yeah, they're pretty cool. Abu Dhabi, it's just everything that you would want in a race circuit except the racetrack <laughs> but you go in the wrong direction yeah or it's just like it's just like you know instead of the camber in the last section being like into the corners it's just out of the corners it just makes it really disgusting to drive i think my favorite corner on a track that i dislike is the middle corner in barcelona the uphill left-hander i think that I think it's turn nine and ten. I think they're two really cool corners, but I just don't like the rest of the track. I just it's just a bad track. I just don't like it. Mine Yeah. Uh would probably be the second sector of uh the India uh Bud 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 yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah. That's um yeah, because it's got kind of like a parabolica a little bit. It's got a quick mm. uh right left hander, uh fast right left hander out of a like a medium one two left hander uh before you come out of the back stretch. So it's like you it's got it's got some good rhythm there, but I don't I'm not a huge fan of that track. Yeah, so. that's fair. I mean as we said at the beginning of the show, Bud's kind of alright. It's just kind of not good, it's not bad, it's just kind of there. Which I think is true for a lot of Tilka circuits. They just they have no real character, they're just kind of there. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. There was another another corner that I severely disliked. Oh, sorry, that I liked on a track that I disliked, but I can't think of it at the minute. Um I'm struggling to think of tracks that I like actively dislike. No, that's a lie. I I dislike a lot of tracks. <laughs> Uh, I'm not a huge fan of Barcelona. So. Yeah, we've talked about Barcelona. Can I, I think can, uh, I have, can I have one more? Yeah, sure. You yeah. can have as many as you like. I mean, we're just gonna keep talking until we get bored at this stage. I think. Uh, yeah, one. I was Sweet. gonna say 100R. Oh, at Suzuka. Wait, no, no, no. Sorry, Fuji. Fuji. Yeah. Wait, you dislike wait, Fuji? Wait, wait. I dislike Fuji with a passion. Wow. Wow. Do you, like, do you hate the new one or the old one or everything about? You you've just explained why I hate it. Oh, <laughs> it the old one is absolutely so, terrifying. It could be so much more than what it is, but that section from turn nine to turn six, the last corner, just is. I've gone to the toilet and produced better turns than what that is. <laughs> oh boy, I don't think we can top that. I think that's that's how we have to end the show. I think we just have to end it there. <laughs> shit okay <laughs> literally <laughs> well on that note ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening thank you very much cookie and kiwi for sharing their thoughts on racetrack thank you for lada and ollie uh for marshalling the chat for us and to providing us photos of the tracks we're talking about <laughs> Jeez, i don't even know what to say thank you for everyone who turned up in the live chat um, hope you guys enjoyed this episode of Endurance Chat. Stay safe, Al. Yep. Stay safe. <laughs> we'll Hopefully back. we'll have racing again soon. I've been Michael Zalavari. Peace out. Hey, <laughs>
Okay, so I f***ed up. Uh, what are my favorite tracks? The Targa Floria. What am I talking about? <laughs> what the f***? <laughs> like, Targa Floria. What? I love that track, man. The 40, 40 mile loop, or is it the 40 kilometer loop? One of them? Uh, I put a lot of hours in that, into that. So I know probably the first like 20 miles pretty well, but after that, it still gets a little hazy. But I love that track. What about what so, about the 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 Migale Migale de Giragada? It's like a thousand miles, dude. I don't know. I don't you know. Uncultured heathen. Uncultured import race tracks. <laughs> um, I'm guessing by the amount of swearing that we're done with the podcast. Oh, I'm still recording. <laughs> I can put all this in. <laughs> just bleep it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Isle of Man TT. That's also very. Good yeah, stuff. we never talked about the Isle of Man TT. That's probably. Yeah, the... you were assailing. You were assailing my credibility while I was trying to talk about that, sir. Oh, really? Oh, I'm sorry. Actually, yeah, I'm not even no, sorry. We were doing it was literally while while you were like, yeah, we were commenting on how I badly pronounced it. I was like, but yeah, I was like trying to change subject and talk about Isle of Man. And no, no but I wanted so. to berate you, Kilki. I know you needed to. It yeah, was I did. it was necessary. Yeah, it was.